Miracy. There were times I would sit in a chair and people would just bring me food. Like I would pee and speak and eat and pee and speak and eat. So we, in a four day period, just through speaking gigs, did like 1.3 million. Hello and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Mercy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success, but as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we learn about a strategy that must be engaged for the success of a number of growth strategies, including funnels, summits, webinars, events, and lots more. We're talking about speaking, speaking on stages, speaking on webinars and events, speaking on social media, all of it. Our guest is an absolute genius at this, Suzanne Evans. Suzanne is the founder of Driven Inc. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she helps small business owners get more clients and make more money through speaking on every platform. Welcome to Suzanne. Now let's jump right into the conversation. I really started my business as a side hustle. So I could only work on the weekends and I could work in the evenings. And what I found that I could do was most speaking gigs were in the evenings because they were associations or organizations Mm -hmm. or dinner events. And obviously the weekend had conferences and events and things like that. I grew my business to six figures in that first year while working a 60 hour weekday job. And 90% of every client that I got came from speaking. I stayed in the day job, not because I'm stupid, but because a day job is the best business loan you'll ever take out. There's no interest and you don't have to pay it back. And so that second year, I grew the business to $250,000 as a side hustle while working the day job. And then in year three, I left the day job and we went to seven figures in about 10 months. And still about 90% of everything I was doing was speaking. Fast forward 13 years later, we do six million-ish a year, and 65 to 75% of my revenue comes from speaking. When you say speaking, are you including on virtual platforms or on stages, physical platforms? When I first started out, I was looking at speaking as booking an in-person stage, going to that location and delivering a talk. Now, of course, we're living in a different world, and when I say speaking, My speaking comes from in-person platforms, virtual platforms, social platforms, Mm. and webinar platforms. Here's what works in business. Funnels work, Facebook advertising works, direct email marketing works, membership sites work, summits work, teleclasses work, webinars work. All of that works, all of it. And none of it works without being an incredible speaker. So people will come all the time 
they will say, but I, I built a funnel. It's like, but you're not interesting and you don't know how to communicate. And the funnel never sold anyone. A person inside of that funnel who inspired people, mm-hmm. connected with people, that's what moves people. So a funnel or a webinar, those are the transportations. They're not the destination right? And the destination is somebody being moved, inspired, annoyed enough, whatever it is to feel something, to take an action. And that is speaking and communication. So you're dead in the water if you don't do this. And that's why I used it to be my primary vehicle, because I knew it was the fastest path to cash and still is. I just got back from LA. I paid for every speaking gig I did. I did five speaking gigs. I paid for every single one of them. You find stages that have your ideal people and you pay whatever is reasonable to get in front of those people. You cannot have a better opportunity than being in front of your ideal people, delivering an ideal message that solves their urgent problem. In-person stages, I think, will still always be just a little bit better. But today, virtual stages work as well. But being in front of a captive audience who is hungry to solve a problem that you can just hand it to them on a silver platter. Nothing beats that. Coming into the speaking topic, I was thinking about it and maybe our audience also thought of it as getting paid to speak on large stages or something to that effect. I could never afford to keynote. I just can't afford to do it because you go and sell from the stage. You make a lot more money. Yeah, I spoke to a room of 18 people the other day and did $420,000. The most a non-celebrity person's going to get paid to speak is like 35,000, right? right? You know, listen, it varies. Keynote speaking is really a dying profession that's really being left for celebrities, extraordinary figures in the world. So yes, can you go out and get speaking gigs for two or $3,000 or $5,000? Absolutely. There's a market for that, but it's such an Everest to climb these days when you could just go out and build great training programs, make free offers, or put yourself in situations where you can offer something from the platform or sell from the stage and make three, four or five times that. Yeah, I think that is a really important distinction because I think some people think, oh, I want to be paid to speak. No, mm. pay yourself to speak. It's right. so much more lucrative. I mean, at the end of the day, you are getting paid to speak. It's just different place the money's coming from. That's all. That's right. You're paying yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're paying yourself. I'm speaking every day on every social platform, right? I treat them as stages. You won't go to my platforms and see me like setting up scenarios or dance rules. I mean, I do some silly things on occasion, but that's not my vehicle. My vehicle is speaking. And sometimes I do it in one minute spots. And sometimes I do it in 90 minute spots. To what extent are those spots rehearsed? I'm sure they're planned out and thought out, but to what extent is it something that you've created ahead of time, done 17 takes until you've got it right? Your speechy, speechy, speech, speech, that's going to be your speech that you go and have 75 minutes to deliver or you're making an offer from, that is a well-rehearsed, A-B-tested, architected speech. And I work with people on a year to build those out. I say my greatest hope when somebody's working with me is that you can step in at any moment, Give a speech on any topic with no preparation at any time, anywhere. That's the goal. And so you ask how much of this prepared. This is my basket that stays on my desk. And these are just stupid little things I write down, mm-hmm. like an idea. And then I'm like, hey, I should go like live. Essentially and a I prompt. pull from a basket and I go. It's a prompt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And, and I'm a very 
reactive human. You know, we're taught not to be reactive. Best way in the world to be poor is to be a non-reactive person. <laughs> so I'll basically just scroll my Facebook feed and read how many dumb things are written on a daily basis and respond to them. I don't need to name that right. person. I don't need to call them out. But what makes stages interesting and what makes communication interesting is when it is highly mm -hmm. opinionated, right? And so most of what I do is just reactionary. Sometimes reacting like, oh my God, I read this thing that blew my mind. Why did I not think of saying this? Like, I've got to share this with you. I'm so annoyed that somebody else said that. And then sometimes it's like, let's talk about the three dumbest things you can do today, right? To lose money in your business. Mm -hmm. So it's a mix. Did you see any downturn in your revenue because you didn't have live stages? Yeah. So my revenue had a huge uptick during COVID and it was because the stages changed. I used to do multiple gigs a month because that's kind of what you can do. You get on a plane. I was doing two to five speaking gigs a day. Oh, wow. A day. Oh, during the pandemic. Because I was virtual. There were times I would sit in a chair and people would just bring me food. Like I would pee and speak and eat and pee and speak and eat. So we, in a four-day period, just through speaking gigs, did like 1.3 million. Wow. Good four days. <laughs> busy four it was days. A great four days. It was a busy four days. What needs to be in place for somebody to start speaking? Nothing. I mean, that's why I think speaking is the greatest marketing tool there is. You can literally take a piece of paper and write down, you know, four ideas, just four ideas you have about the problem you solve. And that can be a 20, 30, 45, 60 minute speech. My model for speaking is inspire, educate, ask, motivate. So inspiration is you have to get their attention. You have to establish a problem. You have to tease them with the solution and you have to build some trust that you know what the hell you're talking about. And there's a reason for you to be there. Educate is what do we educate on, right? Like what are the three points that you're going to bring today? Ask is you're always going to have some type of call to action, right? So it's some form of an invitation, whether it's a free session with you or something I used to do a lot is when my book hit New York Times bestseller, I would take the book and I would travel places and I'd say, I brought 28 copies of the book. It's what I could carry. And it's 20 bucks and first come, first serve, but it comes with a $300 cash injection session. So they had a connection to me and then they'd have a session with myself or my team Invitations can be free. They can be a tiny offer, like $20. They can be join my Facebook $3,000 or $2,000 yeah. offer right. or join my Facebook group. And then the motivation is as humans, we are extraordinarily lazy people. We will never do today what we think we could put off doing till tomorrow. We always want limiters, urgency, bonuses, a reason mm -hmm. for people to say yes to you today. But in addition to that, you also want to leave them wanting to do something else, not just with you, but with their life, with their business, with their health. And that's the motivation piece. It's really that simple. Four pillars of putting together a talk that can be five minutes or it can be five hours. It's the same formula I use for a three-day event. So it is the cheapest, easiest, fastest tactic to be able to get you in business this afternoon. And I guess the follow-up question to that is, where do people get stuck in trying to actually implement it other than you know, just not doing it. So what happens is people don't get stuck around speaking. They get embarrassed. The main place people get embarrassed is nobody wants to start small. 
the number one reason most businesses don't get off the ground or don't become successful is because people weren't willing mm. to start small and look small and behave small and act small and live through the small. There's something wrong right? with them if they do. So they're not willing to mm. go through the, the phases and the stages. And then the other piece is embarrassment is a national crisis. It's an absolute national crisis. It keeps people in horrible abusive marriages. It keeps people from advancing in their career. It keeps people from being the best parents they could be. It keeps people from making money. And what you have to remember is that you cannot teach confidence. You can only unlearn embarrassment. So the, the majority of what I do when I work with my clients is unlearning embarrassment because you know we are born with mm -hmm. zero embarrassment. We are naked, we are screaming, and we are demanding. That is literally how we come into this world. And Ari, I think you have a yeah, five-day-old. Very right viscerally now. aware of all of that. <laughs> no embarrassment right now, Ari, right? Like screaming, demanding, naked, yep. and unafraid, right? And no pressure here, Ari. But then we are born to parents uh -huh. who are embarrassed, and we're sent to schools that are based on embarrassment. Right? The literal basis of the school is don't embarrass us with bad grades, don't embarrass us as administrators, don't embarrass us as a country. I mean, it's based wow. on not being embarrassed, right? And so then I'm delivered 52-year-old woman who wants to build a business, but all she knows is a lifetime of avoiding being embarrassed, not to hurt herself or other people. So I'm sorry, this kind of goes down a deep psychological no, road. It. It's very interesting. It's the answer to the question of like, where do people get stuck? It's impossible to get stuck speaking. You do mm -hmm. it all day long, every day without even thinking about it. But the embarrassment piece is where people just absolutely fall apart. And it is the irrational game of business the putting it all on the line, risking it all, em embarrassing it all, where you find success. The absolute sad truth of the matter is there's a very small percentage mm -hmm. of people who will do that. It is a lifetime of unlearning that you've got to be so willing to show up for at 42, at 36, at 28, at 62, at 87, and go, I have come to this point in doing my best not to embarrass myself or others. And now I'm ready to give it all up to be embarrassed all day long because that is dying with true freedom, right? I think it's a, a Buddhist saying that says, when death comes for you, I hope it finds mm. you alive. <laughs> it finds you alive. Wow. Embarrassment is not even a thought. I mean, when you think about all the areas that business owners feel embarrassed about, it's embarrassed to get on a sales call, embarrassed to do a webinar the first right. time. Which is all speaking. Like everything, right. yeah. You're right. They're embarrassed to pick up the phone. They're embarrassed to do the webinar. They're embarrassed to post on social. If I could only teach one thing in this world, it would be unlearning embarrassment. That's awesome. I mm -hmm. love that, Suzanne. As we wrap up, I just want to understand from the beginning to now, what have you found that's been surprising in the process of creating your business and working with people? What I realized is, you know, we've heard the saying, it doesn't get easier, you get better. I'll say it different, tying to what we've been talking about. It doesn't get easier, you get less embarrassed. So let's talk. I've known Suzanne for years, and I have always loved her no BS way of laying things out for entrepreneurs who want to grow 
both internally and externally. She shared her template for any and all speaking that you do, inspire, educate, ask, and motivate. And I think she really zeroed in on why some people feel stuck when it comes to speaking. It's not really the speaking, it's the feelings of embarrassment that'll stop you. I loved her final word about running your business. It's not that business gets easier, you just get less embarrassed. Thank you to Suzanne for an inspiring, educating, and motivating episode. Just see what I did there. And for the ask piece, be sure to get Suzanne's free ebook, How Speaking Saved My Business. The book includes five steps to land on the stages that put you in front of perfect prospects with money to spend, a system to help you prepare with focus and speak with power and position yourself as an authority almost instantly. And finally, how to use the five-step speaking system to grow a profitable business. You can grab your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Suzanne. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Suzanne. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think, and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone, and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at, like, you know, my fears, going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders 
comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you ask me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.